it's Megan and Nicole. Welcome to It's Cool Us Too, where we chat different parts about being a woman in your 30s and realize honestly, we all go through the same shit just from different angles. Well, that was great. That was so good. <laughs> oh man, we just chatted to Jackie, the star of this episode, and she was amazing. Like, I feel like I should go climb on my own mountain. That's what this episode should be, how to climb a mountain. <laughs> I'm really re- – that's really reductionist in terms of, like, the overall message you, and wonderfulness. Yeah, but- I'm, like, kind of struggling to figure out what it should be called because it, like, covers lots of really amazing things about building resilience and being so active and leveling up. So I'm going to have to toy with it. Maybe it'll come out as how to climb a mountain. Who knows? I think it'll be great. But anyways, for Jackie, I kind of explained this in the intro. Pardon that burp. Um, <laughs> Jackie's one of my like new friends that I've met. She lives across the street from me and she's been such a blessing in my life that I can just call her and be like, you want to do this? And she's like, yes. She's a yes woman. She definitely is. And it's just so nice to have that in my life right now, literally across a, a, a road. That's my only barrier is a, the little walking man on the stoplight. That's it. Yeah, that's such a, that's such a good coincidence that you guys like literally live like a minute away from each other. Yeah. And there's been times where she's like, hey, have you had dinner yet? And I'm like, no, I have not. She's like, come on over. And I walk over with like my emotional support water bottle and like my leggings Aww. and like, it's been great. So anyways, she's on the pod today. It was great. And you'll hear all of it. It's a, it's a longer episode, but How's your your day, your week? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm like really, really tired. Um, I think I've just had lots of travel, like lots of amazing stuff in July, but I've just kind of been like seeing lots of people and doing lots of stuff. You need a me week. And work is busy. Maybe. Yeah. I'm like planning, I think it's going to be the end of August that I'm going to take a week off. With just your parents, like don't have anyone else up there. Like you don't need to be entertaining people. You don't need to be talking to people. Yeah. It needs to be your time. Totally. Um, But everything's good, largely. Oh, I found out that I found this um, really cool apartment that I wanted to go see. And I was like sending it to my um, real estate agent. And it was like within my budget. And I just found out that it sold last night for 150k more than it was on the market for, which makes total sense because it was way too nice. I was like, "How is this within my budget?" Yeah, you were showing me. I was like, "Who died there?" Yeah, yeah, no, it's stunning. So, um, yeah, I. But like with men, it just gives you hope that what you want is out there. Yes. Yes, I know. It's exciting to see something that you're excited about and be like, "Oh, maybe." maybe. Yeah someday um but i think you have some news to share with the group before we get <gasps> i do and this is literally the only thing that matters and will be my entire personality for the next 15 months and i have zero credit i can take for this and i'm gonna be super annoying about it but i'm going to see taylor swift in toronto i am so excited yeah that's so exciting you cried right when you found out first i was at lunch with uh one of my team members and i was like i'm so sorry i have to check like my friends in the queue thinking like it would just be like an update on where she was in line and it was like we got him and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) i'm so happy for you but i'm so jealous 
I know. So I got waitlisted on both of my like two Ticketmaster accounts. My friend that got the tickets in the end, she has a horseshoe up her ass. Like she is the luckiest person I know. And on top of that, like she also like studied TikTok for 24 hours leading up to the sale to be like, what are the tips and tricks? What do I have to do? How do I have to log in? She was committed. This girl deserves a medal. Um, I kind of committed to the bare minimum. I just got on the wait list. Like I just registered. That was it. I think, no, no. And that's you. I don't think you can do much beyond like the registration was like lottery. So it was more like once you get a code, here's what you do. Yes. It's like, how do you get in? What should you expect? What do you need to have ready? How do you like, she was in, she was like her number in the queue was like 2000. Oh my God. Props to Kasha. for you. We're going to have to figure out your outfit, your. I want to make the karma bodysuit. Your what? I want to make the karma bodysuit with like the little garter and the beads. Oh, that would be cool. I'm sure you could, like you of all people could definitely get that done. Yeah. So I'll, that's a TBD. I have 15 months to figure this out. (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen? You got a bit of time. You got a bit of time. Who knows? I'll workshop it. Um, But on that delightful note, guys, I really do hope you enjoy this episode. Please remember, subscribe to us, share our stuff. It helps us rate our podcast on Apple and Spotify and follow us on Instagram and DM us if there's anything you want to you want we're not giving you this is a relationship so (laughs) (laughs) we love you guys and enjoy jackie she's fantastic oh my god megan hi guys i like to be i like to be a little like trickster with when i hit the record button i know i never know when you're gonna do it and it freaks me out I also don't know why I get the pleasure of doing it every single time. Like Nicole's just like, all right, hit it. And I press record for some reason. It's like, I get to do it and you don't, I don't, I don't want to give up the, uh, up the pleasure. I'd like, pleasure, I'd but... like to remind you that the first like 20 episodes we did, I hit the button. I know. And I then I handed that. you the power. But enough about us. She got got Taylor Swift tickets and it goes to her head. Yeah, I'm on a power trip right now. Um, We have a guest today, guys. We have, you've probably heard me talk in a few of our episodes, including last week's, about uh, some of the new friends that I've made this year. And this person in particular is very special. We met through a Facebook group that was created by Brittany Alwyn, who has the account 30 Waves. We met on a night out and it was just like fireworks. We just were vibing. (laughs) And then realized we lived directly across the street from each other. So we Ubered home together and we've just become very fast friends. And she's got a really interesting story. So Jackie, Jackie Masser, has lived all over the world. Tel Aviv, New York, Toronto, Vancouver, now Ottawa. She is a production manager for film and TV. She is a travel junkie and an all-around badass independent woman. And we are so, so happy to have her here today. My goodness. I'm getting good at these intros. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. You are. Welcome, Jackie. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you for having me. We're so happy to have you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. 
This is lovely. I think it's so cool that you guys, like, you know, I've only met you the one time when I was visiting in Ottawa when we had a blast. Should I train? I train train? I was trying to remember which of the Blues Fest nights it was. Um, But yeah, Shania Twain had a great, great night together. But yeah, I, it's cool to hear Nicole talk about like meeting people through this community. Cause I've never met anyone mm-hmm. through something like 30 waves and props to whoever created it. It's, it's very cool. Have you gone to the Toronto meetups? I'm sure they would have they lots have there. Loads and yeah. okay. Loads is maybe a strong term, but like they do have quite a few. And um, I just have never either been in town or like prioritized it, but I think it'd be super fun. I think mm-hmm. I would actually thrive in that environment. You would. You yeah. should go this fall yeah. when you're back yeah, to the cottage. I should. I should. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jackie, it's so exciting to have you on. And when Nicole was telling me a little bit about like what we could chat about and a little bit more about your backstory, I was like, oh my God, we could go in so many different directions in <laughs> terms of possibilities yeah, are endless. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Um do you want to just start at the top, Cole? Like, yeah, hit. should we dive into, you know, I guess tell us a little bit about moving to Ottawa and how your 30s have felt for you so far. Sure. That's a great place to start because I moved to Ottawa like on my 30th birthday, essentially. my I'm December 27th. I'm an end of the year baby. And I had finished up a contract in Tel Aviv and I was pretty tired from it. It's... um. It was such a unique experience. I'm not, I'm not Jewish. So I wasn't there. Like I didn't do birthright. I don't have family there. I don't have a connection to that part of the world in that way. Um, So it was such a big learning curve for me. So after my two years there, I was ready to come home for a bit, but I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to settle or what I wanted to do. So I, I I did move back on December 27th, my birthday, my 30th birthday. Whoa. Um, and then the pandemic hit, like I was just kind of hanging out in Ottawa. Ottawa was always a place that felt homey because my dad and stepmom live here. I lived here for a few years, over 10 years ago. Um, and then I lived here for like six months before I left for Tel Aviv, just getting some of my stuff together and like figuring it out. But other than that, like I'd never, Ottawa was never a settled place for me. It was always kind of in passing for holidays, et cetera. Um, so I was kind of figuring out my next move. And then I got a gig on a film here and we were in the middle of this movie and then the pandemic hit. So I kind of rode the wave through March, April, May when nothing was happening and everything was shut down. So that was like the start of my thirties. Like the first six months of my thirties were shit. Amazing. It was like in a new city where I didn't really know people. And then I like, am starting this new job. So I'm like, oh, this could be cool. And then all of a sudden this like nothing, nada. Not to mention like watching people's Insta lives where they're, quarantining with their loves and like all this stuff don't get me started and like we lost a lot of like critical dating years you know when the pandemic started I'd only been single for a few years and I really felt ready to start dating again I knew I didn't want to date when I was in Tel Aviv um, because I knew I didn't want to end up there long term and the odds of me you know meeting someone that was from there and etc so then when I came here, it just kind of like put that whole thing on pause. So the beginning of my 30s were like rocky. And then um, when things started to open up, like end of summer 2020, and I realized that there is actually a massive, it's growing, um, but it's massively growing. Like it's like 
very, very quickly to the point where it's like almost threatening to the Toronto crowd. Cause I work, I'm a production manager. So I work with like the unions and stuff and the Ottawa film industry. Yes. Yeah. Like sometimes the Toronto industry is a little bit like, wait, why, why is so much work going yeah. to Ottawa? Like why are these kids who just graduated college on their fourth movie and they're two months out of school, you know, mm. but it's because it's, it's just, there's so much stuff coming here. So that was exciting. So I was like, Oh, I'll stay a bit. And now I've been here three and a half years. So that was my journey here to Ottawa. And how are you liking it now? I do like it. I do. It's, um, I was just in Toronto for a week. I lived in Toronto for four years in my like mid to late twenties. So I really, I like, those were obviously like some of our best I don't want to say that. I don't want to say they're some of our best years of our lives. Yeah, but it's a, it's like a life. specific season of life, right? Like exactly. Yeah, you're exactly. It's a specific season. Like there was no pressure to feel like you needed to settle down to feel like no one was asking you when you're starting to have kids, even if you were in a relationship. You know, like there was just kind of none of that. So I have a I I miss Toronto, but I also had a different life there. And in Ottawa, I'm enjoying. Like it's only a four hour drive. But, and I am enjoying what Ottawa has been able to give me. Like I, I bought the condo that I live in, you know, I, I would not have been able to do that in Toronto. I've got back into running. Ottawa has like the best running routes and community ever. And um, yeah. And even like yesterday I I'm off right now with the strikes and yesterday I, I went to Wakefield for the whole day. And the fact that we're 30 minutes away and you go to Wakefield and you're like, Hey, this has to be one of the prettiest places in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like a 30 minute drive. You're in a different province. Like, so Ottawa is exceptionally charming. And this is coming from someone where like, well, have you been to Vancouver? I'm like, yeah, I've lived in Vancouver. Ottawa is great. Ottawa is yeah. great. Yeah. I'm still working on Megan <laughs> to get her over this way. Her dad Nicole is has- fully behind Megan moving to Toronto. So I'm slowly working on it. Moving to okay. Ottawa. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Moving to Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're in Toronto now, eh? Yes. Yeah, I'm in Toronto. But the reason my dad, not to like be really harsh, but it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. Like the subtext of this. Do you know why? Me. Do you know why he wants me to move to Ottawa? Because my money goes farther in Ottawa. Like I would be able to well, buy an apartment for less money, which I, I mean, think that's would be a benefit to him for sure. Uh, well, not, why not a benefit to you? No. Anyway, oh we're not getting. This is it. about you. Um, <laughs> I I did want to. Okay, so. When you were talking about like, I lived in Tel Aviv and Toronto and I'm settled in Ottawa now and I've also lived in Vancouver and I know that there was another one thrown in there. Like, so I lived abroad for eight years and I, when I was leaving London, I was like, I definitely don't have it in me to start again somewhere. Like I do not have it in me to like, do you know what's so interesting though is, so I lived, I was only gone for like two and a half. But all of us living abroad moved back to Canada like 30, 31. Like all yeah, of us, true. same point of life. So a lot in common. Anyways, go ahead. But it's exactly what you said, Megan. Like it's that idea of starting over and it is exhausting. Uh-huh. It's right down to like, well, I was going to ask you, like, how do you do it? it? Yeah. Like how have you done that? Well, besides Toronto being four years, all those places were like two years. They were just two-year little pockets. And I think that's also, I think I also have just, yeah, I think I've exhausted myself in that sense. Like I don't have the energy to start new right now. And I'm three and a half years in, but 
I also want to see what you can continue to build if you just kind of stayed a little longer. Like for New York, it was different. I was there on a visa. I had to leave. Same with Tel Aviv. I was there on a visa. Like, but for places like like Vancouver, I do wonder sometimes like, oh, if I had just stuck and stayed where I would be in my career, my relationships or whatever. But um, mm. yeah, it's, it's so hard though to play so that tiring. game with yourself. For I do me? that all the time. I, I, it's hard to play that game with yourself. Yeah. I don't have as many places to do it with. I only have the one, but like I think to myself regularly, you know, where would my life be? Where would I be working? Would I be seeing someone? Mm-hmm. How different would it be if I was still in London? And it's like not a useful <laughs> exercise but it's so easy to sort of especially if something's going wrong where you currently are you're like oh if I was elsewhere um maybe this wouldn't be a problem or you know maybe I'd have opportunities to do something else so I totally get where you're coming from yeah yeah I am not to kind of veer uh, but I have a reason why I'm going to ask this question because we've talked about it once or twice so on top of all of this in the last few years you also had um a hip replacement. Is that mm-hmm. right? When was that well, again? It was a hip arthroscopic surgery. It was a labral tear. So oh, this gets gross. Your labral muscle is like, if this is your hip socket, your labral muscle is like in your socket. Mm-hmm. So it's a wear and tear, I guess, which is why a lot of people get hip replacements too, but it's a wear and tear um, injury. So they don't like my surgeon had no idea, you know, when it, officially tour but soccer was my big sport growing up but um okay. I had that in August 2021 so it's almost I think I had my surgery on the 17th so it's like almost exactly two years ago which, which is just like a and lot another thing of... so grateful I had it here yes <laughs> yeah I'm not in a in a country where I don't speak the languages no and the reason why I'm asking that kind of travels back into your travel your experiences and your adventurous side which is, I feel like kind of after a period, I think all of us collectively felt not the greatest for maybe the like six to 12 months following COVID starting. And then now I feel like all three of us have kind of made the most of our experiences since. And so Mm -hmm. you coming out of, you know, relocating, having a hip replacement, you've done some pretty incredible things. Like you've uh, done a lot of travel, a lot of solo travel, And you've also been, you know, running marathons again, which I've never had a hip replacement. Couldn't run a half marathon. (laughs) Jackie's like, please say half. Yeah. I mean, kilometers, like those people are beasts. 21. I'll stop at 21. But like, where does that motivation come from? Because I'll speak just from myself and maybe I'm projecting here. I know I'm projecting. I was low, like not in a good place following COVID. And to get to where I am today was a, a struggle and a grind. Where did your motivation come from kind of going through all of these obstacles to then getting to where you are now? Like, what was that motivation for you? Um, I think I think it's part of hitting, hitting a low. Like, I think I experienced such a unique version of, like, loneliness during the pandemic and that exactly that. Everything was shut down. But also, like, I, I had been diagnosed with this injury but I um they kept on postponing my 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 surgery was postponed a full 
year and a bit. Mm. Like I first saw a doctor, like I think beginning of March and, um, cause it started hurting when I was living overseas and I was kind of one of those things where it's like, Hey, once I get back home, I'm going to like see a doctor once I get back home. And so it kind of, you know, I had to wait till I get back home and then this. So when it was like April, 2020 and everyone's going on like hot girl walks, like I couldn't even go upstairs. Like I was in so much pain oh, wow. all the time. And I think that just added to the, the isolation and the loneliness. And like, I remember thinking, being like, oh, thank God, like movies are my passion because they, you know, watching series and having, I don't know, like it, it really like saved my mental health. And I think, um, I don't even know where I was going with this, but does that make sense? No. Does that yes. Really? Okay. You're also in like, good I company think I of people who love movies. I would almost venture an unhealthy amount. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sweet. No, I, I just, I think like there was such a bottom to like, such, there was such a rock bottom to parts of 2020 and like my hip just kept getting worse and worse. And so like, I couldn't, I couldn't travel. I was alone all the time. And then, and then I couldn't even like go for a fucking walk in the fresh air. And I think I just, yeah. when I finally got my surgery in August, I kind of like just vowed to myself where I was like, I'm not, I'm not wasting time anymore. Like I'm not, if I have two weeks, uh, it's ironic because there's a strike and I haven't done anything this summer because of the strike. But like, if I have this Christmas, you know, I have two weeks off, like I'm not, I, I'm not going to waste that. And, yeah. and, and same with my hip. Like I can't, I spent like having my doctor's office call me every six weeks to postpone my surgery, another two months, another two months, like the little mini meltdowns I had in the shower about that, where I was like, will I ever be healthy again? And I remember there was this article in the Globe and Mail and it really struck a chord with me because it was those surgeries that were pushed. And this guy argued where he was like, you know, uh, you know, they only wanted life altering surgeries, but he's like, how is this not a life altering surgery? And the example he gave was almost like me at the time I was 31 and I was forcing myself to walk on a very injured hip for a year and a half longer than I should have. And that could have caused life lifetime damage. Yeah. Where I can never go for a run and I can never go for a walk plus 30 minutes and I can never play soccer and I can never go skiing. And like, that is so much who I am and who Jackie is. And, and so, yeah, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> healthcare, that, that those surgeries were all of a sudden, I, I get it. They were not life saving in terms of like sicknesses. Um, but I was 31 and I was It was healthy. impacting your quality of life. Yeah. 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 And it could have had really, and it might've still, I'm not sure. I'm only two years out of the surgery, but it, you know, because I was forced to still use it so much longer than I should have, I don't, it might have some long-term side effects because of it. So I think there's the quality of life piece that Nicole mentioned, which you're, yeah, like massively impact your quality yeah. of life. Yeah. Um, but then there's also just like the mental health piece. And I think there's probably an interesting debate around, and I'm not suggesting that, like, I don't know enough about this issue to basically weigh in, in terms of, and I'm lucky enough that I haven't been close enough to the situation with COVID where, um, you know, any of my family members or close people in my life were waiting on surgeries. Um, but I can only imagine like the mental health, decline or like the impact on your mental health like that also comes into play of to what extent is having to make you wait a year and a half extra actually like 
equally as unhealthy as maybe other surgeries. Again, I'm not saying like, you know, oh yeah, someone's dying of cancer, but like, you know, weighing, weighing those, I think it's like a really interesting, I guess, debate. It's kind of understanding where mental health falls into that. And oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Nicole. No, and I was going to say, I like, we were waiting for my mom to have surgery for breast cancer during the pandemic, like in April of 2020. So like, I understand the agony of that, but I also can understand how debilitating when you're waiting for literally life changing surgery, yeah. especially when you're as young as we are. Yeah. And I don't always feel that young, but that can be debilitating. And I think even I look at the last few years with COVID and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I had all my vaccines, all that stuff. We're going to be setting the effects that all of us had the delays in surgery, mental health, oh, yeah. all of these shutdowns, like the delay in family planning for some people, like for ages. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, you know, and maybe I'm biased here, but the demographic of single people between the ages of like 25 and 35, if not even maybe higher, 35 to like 25 to 40, I think the impact on getting married, the impact on having kids, all of that, we're not going to truly see for years and years and years. And we were almost like this forgotten group. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But we were the ones like you were saying, I was fortunate enough. I was with my dad and sister. You were saying, Jackie, when we were talking privately before, it was just you by yourself. Yeah. I had a roommate for a bit, but she had a boyfriend. So she was always at his place. I maybe saw her once in a while. Yeah. Not really. People in relationships. eh? I know. (laughs) I was like, at this point, I'd rather be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I was beside, slight tangent, I was beside one of my friends and her uh, husband the other day, and they were being so cute and cuddly. And I literally looked at them and said, watching you makes me want to go take a nap on a highway. Oh. Like, <laughs> lay my pretty little is. head down on the pavement. Say less. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> okay, sorry. Tangent. Um, so, rough time, you know, all of that stuff, but... I feel like now you're thriving. I'm trying. In the last, like, yeah. since I've known you. Really? You've gone cool. away to Toronto. You've gone to Calgary. You've gone, just you know, climb Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Like, you're doing the fucking thing. Yeah. So. Did you climb your- Kilimanjaro on your own? Uh, you can't do it all by yourself, but I, okay. I signed up for it alone, but, like, with a group. So I went with a group cool. of Canadians, actually. It was a woman who organized it. So it was eight of us Canadians, and then you have, like, your porters and your guides and everything. What was that experience like? Oh, my gosh. It was, it was like, it's a bucket list one, you know? It is something that, like, I still haven't done Machu Picchu. Like, I, those have always been on the bucket list, and you always have to find, like, Oh, you like, haven't? A... Oh, then this doesn't even count. <laughs> no. You haven't done Machu Picchu? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, a lot of people on my... Actually, I think almost everyone in my group had done Machu Picchu because it's not as high as Kili. So, oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I meant like in terms of like I should have not should have, but like there's a way that some people do it where you know they do it by altitude. Like, okay, let's go a little bit higher. Gotcha. And Kili's just like massive. So, um, so you just went like right for like the har- one of the hardest ones, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I was like, I need to do it. I need to do, I needed a win. That's what, it, I mean, when did we meet, Nicole? Like March? So, because March I, or April. Okay, because I signed up for it in February because this year started off a bit weird. Like, it just, there was something in the air and um, 
Like you just felt off. I felt off. I had this like situationship thing going and, mm. and that ended and needed to. And then um, the movie I was on got pushed like six weeks. So I like, again, kind of like now I was like unexpectedly like with nothing to do for a month. And then um, I had credit card fraud. Someone took my credit card and yeah. Oh my God. So there was just like a couple things and I was like, you know what? I need a win. And I needed to be something that like I, when I look back on 2023, whatever happened in January is like not going to even be on the radar. Like I need to have something that's so big that it like, not only does it erase it, but then it like overpowers. And I, you know, even the past few years, like I just needed something massive. So, um, yeah, I signed up for it in February. I found this group and, um, you know, I did like as much, sorry, sorry, Megan. Sorry. I keep interrupting you. Had you, had you wanted to do this for a long time or was this just like, you know, you thought why the hell not? Like it just sort of came to you. Like how did you escape? The reason I'm asking this is because when I need a win, I go on a beach holiday. Okay. <laughs> like when I need a win, I go to a festival and have fun with my friends. I guess I get a massage. Yeah. Like it's just, I, I'm so impressed by this like desire to better yourself in this way. And conquer. Yeah. And like, even just like the half marathons and, like you're pushing yourself kind of to the limit. And I think there's probably two different types of people or maybe, but I just think of like, like, I don't know that I have that bone in my body to want to do that. I'm sure I could do it, but it doesn't, I mean, I couldn't do it right now. Fuck's sake. No, but I could train for it and and probably get there. Um, But I don't know that I ever will. And I think that there's some people who are just like built a little bit differently and I guess I'm wondering, like, I don't even know what I'm wondering anymore because I've gone around in circles now with this question, but had you always wanted to do it? Was it always on your bucket list? Um, or was it something that just sort of came to you? Um, I think like my favorite type of travel, I love my all inclusives, but I think my favorite type of travel is when there is something like physical attached to it, whether it's a hike or like a whitewater raft or like just something that is outside of my comfort zone a little bit, a little bit scary. Um, And, but I think what also really fast forwarded that was, was this hip thing I had. Like, I think a lot comes, I mean, the other day I fell across this like TikTok of this person going through hip stretches and like people were sobbing. Like there's a lot of emotion in our hips. Oh, it's trauma story. Yeah. Like our hips hold so much especially as women like they hold so much more than we thought and so I don't know I think because my hips coming back I just kind of have this little extra power that I and and definitely like adrenaline just just from not having access to them like health in a healthy way since like 2018 like and I think I just I just want to use them you know they're they're all sewed up now and um I just want to get back out there, but Kilimanjaro, it's always been on my bucket list, but I didn't, it wasn't something I needed to do in my early thirties. Like I was, it's, it's quite expensive and I was down to do it later, but also I don't know what kind of physical shape I'll be in later. We don't know what's going to happen. So I think, yeah, there was a little bit of like, you know, I've just kind of sat on my butt for a few years because of this Mm. injury and, and I don't know how long I'm going to be healthy for because you know, we never know when something's going to happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just kind of, yeah, I think it was competitive side. I feel like, 
(laughs) I feel like Kilimanjaro too is one of those things that's like life affirming or, you know, such a big moment for you in so many ways. What was the most surprising thing that you got out of that trip or that experience that you weren't maybe expecting? I think you come back. Okay. I have to find my words. When I was about 300 meters from the peak. So Kilimanjaro is about 6,000 meters. It's 59.85. Like it's about 6,000 meters. And which is like (laughs) way higher than the Rockies, way higher than the Alps. Like it was so much higher than anything I'd ever done. And I've never had panic attacks before. Um, And I had one when I was like 200 meters from the peak. I've never, it, it was the most scared I've ever been. You are so high up. Your lungs only work at 40% at that capacity. So you can't take a deep breath. And when you have panic attacks, it's like the first thing people tell you at sea level is like, take a deep breath. But like up there, you, that is not an option. And, and, and you're just so high up. The only thing you can see is cloud. You see cloud and you just see, and it's in the middle of the night. You do the summit, um, at, you start at midnight because it's seven and a half hours. And so you want to get there for sunrise. So it's pitch black. All you see is the top of clouds. Like, and I had my, I had a panic attack and I remember like it was the most scared I've ever been. And I've been in like crazy turbulence and like, you know, we've all had scenarios where, you know, our hearts stop and like, or we get butterflies in our stomach. But now that I've experienced what I was the most scared at, it has changed the bar a bit. So I, I'm less scared of things. And I remember like, I'm not a great flyer, which is surprising considering how much I fly, you know? And I had turbulence on the way home. And I just remember, like, I used to, like, really grab it and be like, okay, I'm going to need the wine, like, quick. And, and uh, you know, I used to get really nervous, like, have a conversation with upstairs for a bit. Like, sorry, we haven't spoken in a while. Um, but, and, and yeah, that just kind of changed the bar of, like, what I, what fear is. And I'm kind of like, oh, my God, I did that and I got through it. Now, what can't I do, you know? Um, and I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure in life, like I want to, I want to do more of these treks and more of these hikes and, and I'm sure this will happen again and I'll get scared and, but you know, it's, it just, or I'll be an even scarier turbulence. I don't know. But I think when you hit something that is the most scared, like that you've ever been in your heart and your gut and your mind, um, it's like you've leveled up. You're like in Mario Party and you're like, like you're just, you're a little more like superhuman than you were four minutes ago. And that's kind of, you know, when I got back, I think the best thing I did on that trip too was I booked an extra two days by myself at the lodge. So everyone went off and they did safaris and I'd love to go back for a safari, but, um, or they went home, but I stayed for two days by myself and I gave my, gave a chance to like do some writing and read a book. And they had this cute little bar at the lodge. And I just kind of, you know, sat on a patio and like overlooked Tanzania with a local beer. And like, I just really like processed that and being like, Oh my God, there, there was a before Jackie and like an after, an after Jackie. And, and that was the moment that I felt myself be like, Whoop! <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> the new flower. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. That's amazing. And like, it's a, the word that comes to mind and I've talked about this before is like, you just, you built, obviously you leveled up and I think that's such a good way of looking at it, but it's like building resilience within yourself and like self-confidence within yourself, right? Like you have this ability to hopefully reflect on how much you can handle and what you can accomplish if you put your mind to it. So 
obviously like that experience was so cool and amazing just like as an experience but I think it also trickles in hopefully it trickles into like just your everyday that's that's a good reason to not (laughs) those are important (laughs) just go on a beach holiday um, I'll probably need best of both worlds still go on a beach holiday (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. what so now that you've (laughs) leveled up now that you've done all this stuff what's next for you like what is next for you in your 30s what's the next challenge what's the next like for travel or just in general just your life Um, like what's next for you I have some like travel thoughts for like early 2024. Um, I think because of this strike and being unemployed for like three months in the middle of the summer, it's kind of made me slow down for the second half of 2023 just cause I, I, I yeah, I need to work yeah. on work. <laughs> and, but I think what's next is I have a lot of work <laughs> goals that like I've had the same dream since I was like 18 and it was to work in film, but it was to like be more on the writing side and stuff like that. And, and although I'm very grateful to be on like the producing side of stuff, um, it's not my passion. Like it's not, it fills me up in a way where you're on the business side and you get the behind the scenes, but I miss being creative. And so the rest of my thirties, like I, I need to, I need to find a creative outlet and, um, I don't necessarily need to be paid for it, but I need to find that passion again. I used to have to journal every day. Like, and it wasn't just journaling, like, dear diary, this is what I did today. It was creative writing. Like I would just write a short story or I would write um, the outline of a character or, you know, I would jot down ideas for like a cool script. Like it it didn't have to be what I did today and what my thoughts and feelings were. And, and I, I need to find that again because it was so therapeutic. Um, so there's that. And then of course there's the relationship stuff. Like I would love to find that in my thirties. So speed dating Maybe. again. Yeah. hundred percent speed dating again. And, um, and I need to figure out that, that cheat, cheat thing that you did on hinge <laughs> where you like eat for 24 hours and then whatever. I don't know how good it's actually working in the result. Yeah. I've got a lot of matches. Okay. Does that result in a lot of like connections? Knit. <laughs> I have a I have a question about your writing um and so you mentioned you know thank god you had movies when you were sat at home sort of recovering um where I guess it's a two-parter one I guess start with like what are your favorite movies or movies you think are like maybe the most beautifully writ like the the dialogue is beautiful or the story is beautiful um and then secondly like when you're thinking about wanting to get more creative what is where would you look for like inspiration to sort of start that process of like doing creative writing on like a daily or weekly basis um like is it you know watching your favorite movies is it like reading what other people are putting out from like like scripts and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. I'm just so curious how that works um I'll answer the second one first so um I think the best way for me to get creative, I find I do it best when I'm not at home. Like I go to a cafe or I sit outside or I, I just have to be somewhere else. And so mm. I think that takes a little bit of um, effort. And I think I need to really, you know, I need to wake up an hour before my alarm and and sit at a bridgehead before going to work. You know, like I need to make those conscious choices and, and be knowing that the long-term outcome will be beneficial because I'm just not doing that now. And, and for some reason I find it so like, I'm even, like I live in a very small condo, mm-hmm. it's 525 square feet. And so I don't have a desk, like I don't have a writing nook 
And I, I just like going to a third party place. Mm-hmm. So I think being intentional with finding something, um, you know, even if it's like when I go back to work, even if it's just going to my office an hour before everyone gets there, like I, that would even be worth a shot. You know, it's someplace new. I just, I don't yeah. write well at home. There are so many distractions. Um, and then the other one. So my favorite movies are dark comedies because I feel like dark comedies are life. Like <laughs> yeah, things happen and they will happen to all of us. And like the only way you can't go around them, you have to go through them and doing them with a sense of humor is the only way. And so like my favorite director, can I guess, can I guess which one, one of them go, you're going to be like, no. Okay. What? 50, 50. I haven't seen 50, 50 in forever. I don't know if I remember that. Is it a Adam Sandler? Oh, no, I thought, no, you're talking 50, 50 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, I remember that. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember that being like, yes, like that's a perfect example of like a good dark comedy. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of when you say dark comedy. Yeah. Um, I really like Alexander Payne as a director. So he did like Sideways. Okay. He did The Descendants. He okay. did, um, uh, oh, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Like, yeah, it's just like r- good dialogue, good character development. I really like, um, like Juno, like Jason Reitman's Juno, like a story like that's that, cool. you know, it's. Yeah. A serious topic teenage pregnancy but like the characters are great and quirky and and it just kind of you know that's that movie's so old now but um the movie that i watched that i was like oh i want to make movies is thelma and louise and like the okay. only time i've ever gotten starstruck is i used to do press junkets in toronto and i did um i worked on the martian the one for the martian and and ridley scott was the director and that's the only time like I got so starstruck just seeing him and I wanted to tell him be like Thelma Louise is like why I why I chose this I'm standing here yeah yeah like that is and like those two women went on to have incredible careers they're both such badass feminists still like they're just cool and it was just a cool story and great soundtrack and you know but it didn't have a happy ending well depends on how you see it but like it wasn't you know they didn't get married and have six um, kids and live in the the burbs like a lot of movies back then ended for women. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. I have one question and one silly, stupid thing. The one question is, um, how you said I really like his directing style. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? <laughs> like oh. when you say like, oh, I like the way he like directs. Like, what do you look at to know? someone's directing style I wouldn't basically if I looked at those movies like I might be able to tell based on like the type of like camera lens they use or like the way that it's shot but like is that what you're looking at when you think about how a movie is directed and whether or not you like a director I think what when I like a director I like the tone that they have so Mm, okay like especially you know you can look at a Tarantino movie and you can you know it's a Tarantino movie you know there's a way that it's it's cut and it's edited and the way that the characters talk and like, there's just like a tone that he's the way he's telling the story, right? They're the ones that are the storytellers. So with, with Alexander Payne movies, it's, it's not so much about crazy cinematography. Like his cinematography is beautiful, but it's not like, you know, he doesn't do crazy fight sequences or car chases and like, but for, for me, like his, his directing style, it's also what he brings out of his actors and like the Mm -hmm. actors that do their movies are, constantly nominated because they were really he gets them like the character development is so good and he's getting them to pull from such like personal like 
places and I don't know why when I just when I watch those movies like I am so like narrowed in and afterwards I always read the scripts and even just reading the scripts I'm like that was a delight like that script read like a fun yeah fun little story you know and uh yeah so I guess it's like yeah just the best way I would describe it would just be the the tone and and how the story is flowing you know yeah, like cool. even Christopher Nolan, like I watched Oppenheimer. Yeah. And like he has such a distinct like style too, you know? And it's it's a little slower. It's like these wide shots, you know, like it, you know, and and it's beautiful. Um just not my favorite. <laughs> but he can do those massive movies like that. But I don't know, I've never seen Christopher Nolan do like a sweet uh mother-daughter story you know like mm. and I prefer those type of stories I like more character-driven stories um and Alexander yeah. Payne than like is... blockbuster totally yeah yeah and Alexander yeah. Payne is like the king of that like he yeah he's cool so we're both gonna go and google Alexander Payne after this yeah <laughs> sure. okay yeah. um so I think we're at a pretty good spot to maybe close out with our last question for you. Um, and you can kind of approach this question however you see fit. It's really up for, for whatever feels good to you. But what does living well in your 30s mean to you? Um, I think balance is how you live well in your thirties, um, kind of choosing what your core pillars are and honoring all of them. So I, I know every woman in their thirties will be, will have different core values and stuff. Um, some women it's like religion and family and house and for some it's career and travel and whatever. Um, but it's, it's being able to honor those and, and be like to stay your authentic self. And, um, it'll ebb and flow. Sometimes you're working too much and sometimes you, um, you're maybe having too much fun and you need to get back to the grind. But, um, yeah, I think balance, I just, I want to find balance. I never want to let go of some incredible things that I've had because there are certain pillars that I haven't paid a lot of attention to or that haven't come yet you know, I love relationship, yeah. for example, like that pillar doesn't exist for me yet, but I never want it to exist. And then like my other relationships, my friendships suffer, you know, it's always like finding a balance. That's what I, that's what I hope for. I love that answer. That's such a good answer. Oh, good. oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this was nice. Thanks guys. It's yeah, yeah. This is- <laughs> to talk about yourself for like an hour. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a little therapeutic, isn't it? Yeah, like I, wow. my goodness. You're beaming. Oh, it's the sun. It's because... <laughs> take all, it, Jackie. Take it. Windows. <laughs> I'm a little bashful. I need someone to but humble no. me. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much for, for joining us today and having this conversation. I think it's, if nothing else, going to be a massive inspiration to, to other women. And just actually anyone looking for that spark, maybe they're in a low moment to know you know, you can really achieve some big things and, and continue to level up no matter where you are. So. Level up. Yeah. Woohoo. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having Thank me, guys. So this is awesome. Okay. Bye. We'll talk to you Bye. Soon. Bye. Bye.